0: Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, Seltzer Cast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: mama and welcome back to <laughs> and welcome back to zillenial canon
2: my name's adam the preparation that you just did for that like you like cleared your throat you like inhaled and you were like
0: <laughs>
1: did you see the king's speech no well well I, I wish you had so this makes sense but everything that colin Perth does in the king's speech is what i just did to prepare for saying "Zooey, mama uh for the listeners.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to believe you on that. Hi, I'm Kira.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this week, um do, do you smell that, Kira? It's the it's the moldy cheese on the playground.
2: Oh my god.
1: Recovering diary of a woman kid.
2: Yeah, so this was Adam's pick and honestly, like I I felt indifferent towards it. I wasn't upset about it. I wasn't like, "Hell yeah." Mm-hmm. Um However, I'll say it, I, like, forgot that I was watching it for the podcast because it just felt like a movie that I would have just put on at my own leisure because I really enjoyed myself.
1: <laughs> it's, like, a good movie, actually. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, well, because, like, my consensus has, like, been, you know, just for all my notorious wimpy kid takes, um, you know, the first movie's good. And Roderick Rules is a masterpiece. That's mm. been my like in my mind. That's my head cannon. But rewatching this, I'm just like, this is like genuinely consistently hilarious from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely like laughed my ass off quite often during this movie, and I didn't really expect that. Um, I also rewatched half of Roderick Rules the other night uh, until I fell asleep. But um, so I've had a good time revisiting the Wimpy Kid Cinematic Universe this past week.
2: Yeah. Um, So this is available on Disney Plus. I unfortunately, like every single other movie on this fucking podcast, I spent four dollars to rent it. Because I had to watch it on my old laptop because I was like cleaning out my room while I was watching it. And it, like, was not loading Disney Plus for some reason. And I was like, if I don't watch this movie in the next 30 fucking minutes, I swear to God, I'm going to turn into the Joker. Um, So I just rented it on YouTube because YouTube is, like, the only thing that opens on my old laptop. But anyway, yeah. Um, So I paid for this and it was worth every cent. Yeah. (laughs) Support the arts. Rent (laughs) Diary of picket on YouTube.
1: I wonder if the French Dispatch is gonna have like an article where there's like Zooey Mama on one of the papers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little segment. It's just like uh, Rowley and Greg, like yeah. illustrating.
2: They're um, like in the background. It's like, did you know that there's an Easter egg? They're both 20th Century Fox, right? Yeah. yeah. So technically, it could be a crossover.
1: I, Bob Iger, I have a, I have some words. We, yeah. we have to talk. Exactly. (laughs) So, what are your memories uh, with this movie? If you have any.
2: Um, So, like, I feel like I never really considered this as millennial. Like, I feel like it's definitely more Gen Z. Oh, no. What? No, no, no.
1: This is, like, totally millennial.
2: Well, I only connected with that because my little brother read the books when he was younger. Like, I didn't read them. Like, I would read them when he got them. So, like, I remember... There's like so many of these books, which I did not realize until recently. Like I think I only read like the first like three or four. Um but yeah. And then as I was watching it, I remembered. Do you remember Pop Tropica?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. That's that was like that I was like, okay, this is millennial. This whole this whole yeah. universe is millennial.
1: Um, friend of the pod Joey had a great tweet recently where he said I, um, I used to think my life was a tragedy now I realize it's a pop tropical island walkthrough <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: it actually made me laugh so hard for like 10 minutes uh, so now it's Joey um, yeah yeah I no, I always thought this was like quintessential zillennial text because I like yeah. remember shit when did it come out the first book I want to say like 2008, maybe 07, yeah. around that time. Because uh, I remember it didn't take too long for a movie to get made. But there was a small buffer where it was just the books for like two or three years, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I definitely like remember reading the first book, fourth, maybe third grade, I think. Um, and the I'm first much...
2: one came out 2007.
1: Okay, yeah, so I was on the money. So like third great for me i think mm-hmm. um yeah so i was like really into the books when i was younger um i think i stopped at like 4 or 5 like whenever i hit middle school i stopped but um i definitely saw all i read all the books that they adapted into movies
0: yeah uh,
1: and i used to love the books and when they announced the movie i even as a kid i was a little cautious cuz i was like how are you going to make a movie out of that yeah Um, because really, the the book is just like a bunch of vignettes, really, like about Mm -hmm. like just like awkward ass situations. And I'm like, how do you? And also, they're like stick figures, so like, how do you cast that? Either.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess on the flip side, like it's so blank canvas that you can really do anything with it. Yeah. But I was just, as a kid, I was like very, I was like lights, camera, Jacksoning myself. Like I was like really looking into this. (laughs) Um, and when they cast this kid, I think his name is Zachary Gordon. As uh as Greg, I remember mm-hmm. me and all the other Wimpy kid fandoms on <laughs> on YouTube and like IMDb message boards, were like, "This kid is not Greg. He is he does not look like Greg. He does not resemble Greg."
2: Because he was a stick figure,
1: dude. I was like eight, or like, <laughs> eight.
2: Or,
1: like I didn't know what I was talking about. Hey,
2: he was in National Treasure: Book of Secrets as Lincoln conspiracy kid. Sounds about right. Yeah. And Madagascar uh, escaped to Africa as baby Melman. That sounds about right. Yeah. It's not like a melman kind of like... <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so I, I will say, like, I was a big fan of the books and I, even as a kid, I went into the theater uh, kind of cautious. And I remember I went opening night after uh, school one day.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was excited yet a little you know hesitant and then i really liked the movie when i first saw it um and ironically i think i liked it even more (laughs) now as an adult um i just think it works really well when you're like a 20 something and you have like all the nostalgia and all the like twitter memes in the forefront of your mind yeah then you're like watching the movie with like an adult sense of humor and then the movie's actually working on that level for you Mm mm-hmm um, because I remember my mom went to go see this with me and she was even like on the way out like that was like a good movie <laughs> and um, yeah like, I like I don't know this is like genuinely good and it, it's not too emotional it's just like enough it's just I don't know it's really interesting like I yeah. kind of don't make this anymore
2: I feel like it kind of really captures like the Max Giebel vibe like, mm-hmm. very much. And I feel like a lot of movies do not do that successfully.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of movies... Like, when I say, like, it doesn't have too big of a heart... Like, I feel like so many of these movies, like... Get kind of trapped down in their message... Or, like, what they're trying to say. Yeah. Because, like, the third act kind of like, alter into like... And not that, like, sincerity is bad or anything. But, I don't know. Like, a lot of these millennial movies about middle schoolers or whatever or just mm-hmm. like the importance of friendship like overshadows the comedy or like anything else
2: yeah And if anything it's a very it's a very like low-key sincerity in this
1: yeah and it like works better because of it yeah which i like find really fascinating because like throughout the entire movie like greg is such i don't see he's like, totally unlikable he's just a kid he yeah really he's know- like
2: max cubel
1: yeah he's like a little asshole but like you understand why because he's like what 12 or whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so like you get it and Rowley is just okay first of all this kid deserves an Oscar He is so fucking funny yeah
2: he's
1: like he's just so good in this role like wh- whoever the casting director was for this movie um deserves like a arrays or whatever because like everyone in this movie is like perfectly cast.
2: The backbone of the film industry. This this casting director. Um, My only complaint about casting is that nothing will ever be as funny as the drawing of Manny. Like this anybody the- <laughs> anybody that they cast will never be as funny as just the drawing <laughs> of Manny. And I am just <laughs> I'm so nostalgic. For like the era of the pandemic, where like Manny saying "a cab" was a meme, like yeah. I miss that.
1: I almost got a Manny tattoo last year. Oh my and, god,
2: that's just honestly, like a time capsule. And honestly, I
1: haven't fully written it off yet. Yeah,
2: um. let's get matching ones.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, Manny is just quintessential. Like he is like. Just like
2: design, like a stupid fucking teeth. (laughs) 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 Like, I think it's literally, like, one of the most iconic images that, like, defines a generation. It's just the drawing of Manny in Dire of Wimpy Kid.
1: There is an alternate universe where, like, last year during a protest, people did infiltrate the White House. And they did, like, spray-paint Manny, like, in bright red over the White House walls. <laughs> and we just like, see it in coverage with a helicopter. And all you see is, like, a vandalized White House with a bright red Manny. Yeah. And honestly, that's the better timeline. Um, So we talk about casting. And I think three, like, aside from Greg and, um, and, uh, God, Rowley, mm-hmm. um... The parents and Roderick mm-hmm. are fucking fantastic in this movie.
2: Yeah, Steve's on. He's incredible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And while I was watching it, I recently watched White Lotus. And my first thought when I saw him was like, I've seen this man's ball."
1: Well, you have seen his prosthetic balls.
2: Okay. Um, I like to think that they're real. Because <laughs> that was a shock. Like... Sorry for the spoiler. It's literally, like, one of the first things that happens in the series. Like, it's literally the introduction to his character. But you don't see balls on TV.
1: <laughs>
2: um, that show took
1: a risk. The uh, the Family Guy intro, but it's uh, violence in movies and balls on TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. I'll see my way out. Bye. <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I to go off topic slightly for a second, um, The White Lotus is fucking fantastic. And mm-hmm. if you have not watched it yet, um please do so. It's one of, if not the best show I've seen this year
2: so far. Yeah, it um it stressed me out like to an insane amount. Um <laughs> literally put me in fight or flight mode. Yeah every single time one of the um guests at the hotel was like, Hey, can I ask you something? I literally like Almost just like ran across my room. Like Um, in a way.
1: And the thing I love about it is that. And not to go into like a full like review of the White Lotus. But like the thing I love about it. Is like it's such like simple scenarios. Like nothing is like too unbelievable. Like all Mm -hmm. of it is in the realm of possibility. To an extent. Mm -hmm. And it's just it has this perfect way. Of making these seemingly mundane things. Both get under your skin. And intertwine with each other. In such a kind of brilliant way. Like
2: yeah. It also shows, like, literally not to be like, oh, this accurately portrays the, um, like, service industry. But literally, like, I don't think people realize, like, I like my job. Mm -hmm. But the second a customer is like, hey, like, just, like, ask for, like, anything while we're in the middle of doing something else. Mm-hmm. it literally I just want to go insane <laughs>
1: yeah um yeah no it's a very accurate representation of that
2: and yeah, I think just being like um, well there's a mistake here and it's like not your fault um and then they take it out on you you know the whole point of the show basically <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah. really great and
1: yeah. I think um much like would be kid and like this like it, it it takes advantage of, like, typically, like, B-list actors and, like, elevates them to, like, amazing status. Like, yes. like typically underserved or underutilized actors who just give them a platform to act their asses off. And that's also um, an, an amazing part of that. And, yeah. again... It was, like, co- it was
2: literally an ensemble cast of, like, supporting actors.
1: Yeah, like, that's what I love uh, yeah. out of many things I love about it. Um, but I will say that's something that this movie does really well is just utilize the talents of uh Steve Zahn. And mm-hmm. that's something that all the subsequent sequels did really well too. Like they uh they added more Steve Zahn, more Roderick and more of the mom um in the sequels. And I think they got better because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I remember. Um but, yeah, no, uh, not only Steve Zahn, on, but the mom, I don't know who plays her, uh, my mm-hmm. apologies, but um, she's also really good, genuinely funny, like, really solid comedic timing. Um, but we'd be remiss to not focus on Roderick, because...
2: Yeah. There was an era where, was that on TikTok when people thought Roderick was hot? I mean, he, I,
1: I get it, like... I... I understand, because he's, like, um, I'm guessing he's, like, in his, like, he's probably in his 30s at this point, because there's no way this guy is, like, a kid in this There's
2: no way he wasn't, like, 25 when they were filming it. Yeah, that's
1: what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, he was, like, past, yeah, like, he was, he was, he was old, um, but, yeah, like, he's, I'm not, like, thirsting over him, but he's a cutie,
2: yeah, like, I get it. Oh, I get it, I get it.
1: Um... Also, I think that fan cam from Roderick Rules where it's the three of them, like uh, him, Greg, and Rowley partying. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fan camp of for that. It's maybe the funniest video I've ever seen in my life. Um, God, it's so good. Um, but no, his, I forgot the actor's name as well. But he, whoever plays Roderick is so fucking good in this movie. Um, just again, like his comedic timing is so on point. Like, every line delivery is just done to precision. Like, it's just so... He he plays, like, the quintessential, like, older, meaner brother perfectly. And to the point of where it's, like, anyone else that even competes? Like, don't even, like... I don't know why you other girls bother at this point.
2: (laughs) He was in Saw 6.
1: Yes, he played, um... The son of the healthcare worker that Jigsaw trapped. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Because I remember seeing Sausage mm-hmm. around the time this movie came out. He was in Oakja. I think he was one of Stephen Yoon's people. Uh, I think. Like one of the activists in that movie, I think.
2: Oh, and he was in... Oh, his scenes were cut. It oh, in Okja?
1: Okay, well...
2: Uh, yeah, what a guy. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Um, he, I thought he was recast for Dog Days. When did they start recasting?
1: They started recasting in the fourth movie, which was the long haul.
2: Oh, okay. They
1: recast the entire cast
2: in that movie. That's insane.
1: Yeah, because they waited until, like, um, because Dog Days was 2012, I think. Mm Mm-hmm Um, because they did one every year it was like a a quick trilogy I think they filmed them all around the same time so they could just like bump them out Mm -hmm. and and I get that because it's like they're all like 90 80 minute movies so it's like easy Mm -hmm. to do that um but I think long haul came out in like 2018 17 um so it had to kind of be a soft reboot to an extent I didn't see it um I remember every time I saw the trailer I wanted to like plunge my eyes out mm. so I just didn't bother and from what I can tell by the reviews it was not even half as good as these movies yeah even though they, they tried to do the weird thing where they kept it in canon with the other ones mm. um, like how there's um, like all the sequels to Michael Keaton's Batman try to pretend they were in the same continuity yeah like, it was like a Val Kilmore, Kilmer and George Clooney and like shit
2: like that yeah, the first three were literally one year after the other. That's wild. And it was the same director. Um, Thor,
1: um, Thor or something?
2: No, like, the last three, like... No, so
1: I mean, like, the director was... The director
2: himself. of the first one, but then the second, oh. third, and fourth were all directed by the same person.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So he, like, was directing at the time of, like, the... Um, what's it called the recast
1: well I remember the um the director of the first movie went on to do the sequel to Percy Jackson yeah um just because like that was some bullshit that I was into uh not that Percy Jackson's bullshit I love Percy Jackson but like I was in the know with all that like director drama for like these kids movies back when I was like 13 (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and I remember just thinking like because I was so burned by the first Percy Jackson movie when I was a kid
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I was really hoping they would get, like, a good director. And not that, like, he's a bad director. But when they got him for the job, I was, like... Because in my mind, Percy Jackson is, like, cinematic. It's, like, Lord of the Rings, like, quality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they get the director of Diver of a Wimpy Kid. And I'm just like, they're really gonna fuck this up again, aren't they? Like, they're, <laughs> like, they're not, they're not taking this seriously.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and then it was terrible, and uh, I was right. But it's, but hey, at least
2: he has this one under his belt.
0: It's yeah. Classic. It just
2: um, defines. He could have retired after this. Honestly, just going on top. Yeah.
1: Um. So. Was, what. Okay. Well I was trying to think of like this um this era of like kids' movies. Like, specifically two ten.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um where it was like I don't know why, but I associated this, Ramona and Beezus, if you remember yeah. that. Yeah. Um I don't know. Uh like Charlie St. Cloud for some reason.
2: That with... was not a children's film.
1: <laughs> well it was like marketed to uh
2: It was marketed to, like, as, like, one of Zac Efron's, like, outside projects, like, after Disney.
1: Well, the trailers, from what I remember, were, like, pretty vague on the actual plot. Like, kind of Mm -hmm. Richard Terabithia. Like, where it's, like, surprise, the brother's dead. Like, Mm -hmm. when you get to the theater.
0: Um,
1: I don't know. Like, I just remember, like, 2010 at the movies, for me, was, like, a bunch of blockbusters and in between, I would go see the, these like little family movies, like yeah, Kid Ramona and Beesus. Like what a what a time!
2: Yeah, I can't believe like Ramona and Beesus is like a movie.
1: Um, I don't remember it. Like I saw it in theaters, and I literally couldn't tell you anything that happened in that movie.
2: I used to love those books so much, and. I just remember being like, This looks like shit. <laughs> and like, as a child, it's probably bad. i yeah. I don't like I don't
1: even remember what I thought of it. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure I like slept when I saw it
2: like I'm, I think I like took it out of the library, and then I don't remember ever watching it.
1: It's definitely a movie that exists. yeah, I, I,
2: can, I can confirm that much. Oh, you can uh, confirm that it exists because I can't
1: i i can I have inside knowledge. Uh, Pelosi has confirmed to me that uh, Ramona and Beezus does exist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I was just gonna look something. Oh. Um,
1: what is it, boy? What'd you find?
0: Stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, I... I don't remember what I was going to say. Very cool Ignore me. Ignore me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I thought you were like, trying, trying to, to like,
1: deep discovery.
2: No, I was trying to, like, make connections in my brain between, like, children's films from the 2010s, but I don't remember what I was going to look up.
1: Well, the cool thing about children's movies of the 2010s is, like, this is, was the one constant, right? Because, like, I saw all three of the first ones in theaters.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: even, like... Because, what, the third one was 2012. Yeah. So I was, like, 15 at that point, And I still saw the third one in theaters. Yeah. But, like, it had a hold, like, on audiences. Um, and I... there's That's something to kind of admire, right? Like, the access. yeah, Like, it, it's success. And it's just about this fucking kid who just gets in the dumbest situations because he's an idiot. <laughs> and, like, they saw three of these movies. Because his ego
2: it, is just... He, he needs his ego to be, uh huge he's
1: so fucking
2: real like i I, (laughs) (laughs) greg heavily is so fucking real
1: yeah i think he's just a legend he's a he's a skinny legend um Mm -hmm. no i think he's the thing is uh this kid like zachary gordon he's really good as greg and Mm -hmm. And it takes a special kind of talent to have, like, a character who consistently, like, fucks over his best friend, um, is a dick to his parents, um, kind of sabotages every single waking thing in his presence to his own personal gain, and yet you kind of still support him in these ventures. Like, it takes actual talent to accomplish rooting for that, and I think this kid, he does it pretty seamlessly. Like, he really does a good job with it.
2: I think it's, like, the smirk. Like, I know I keep comparing this to Max Keeble, but he's got that, like, little, like, smirk where he, like, knows that he's up to no good but can get away with it, you know?
1: hmm Yeah. I think he has, um, not to go back to Max Keeble, uh, uh shout out to Drew Deidson, by the way. Every time I mention Max Keeble, I have to shout him out,
2: but,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> um, But, like, yeah, he has the Max Cable quality where it's like, okay, this kid knows something.
2: Yeah, (laughs) and he can get away with anything.
1: Yeah, like, I... Yeah, that's a good quality. And I think it's something that's... I mean, I don't want to keep commenting on children's media that I don't watch. But I want to say it's probably missing nowadays, right? Like, I don't... Because I can't think of any kids movie that I've seen recently that's, like has that kind of a lead, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Or it's, like, it's, the smirking. Like, yeah. You know, it's me. Like, I'm the guy. It's, like, I'm the dude.
2: I'm a cool guy.
1: He he is know. the main What's character.
2: like What's, like, young Sheldon like?
1: Oh, God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that kid seems cool.
1: You know what? This would work as a sitcom. Like, this would be a really good sitcom with, like, the right... I writers. think so.
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and you could, like go for, like, multiple seasons with it if you wanted to, like.
2: Well, the animated reboot, I think it's a TV show.
1: Um, no, it's a movie. Um, Um, well, that's what prompted me to think about the live-action movie. Yeah. Because I, uh, I saw the poster for the new one.
2: Yeah, um, and from the looks of it, um, Jeff Kinney's writing the screenplay himself.
1: Yeah, that's something that, um, not to, like, you know, flex on Disney or whatever, but, like, Disney is doing the thing with all these uh, movies that were adapted with Fox. Mm-hmm. And they're basically giving them back to their original authors to adapt themselves for Disney+. And I think that's, again, not to like compliment Disney, but that's kind of cool to me because they're doing it with this and they're doing it with um, uh, Percy Jackson. They're, yeah. uh, they're letting the writer Percy Jackson, who is completely fucked over with the rights for those movies, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about it on the pod one day <laughs> whenever we do that episode but they fucked up those movies so much and they completely like disregarded all of his wishes about the production of that movie and now dizzy that they have acquired the rights they uh they said hey write the screenplay do whatever the fuck you want to do uh like do it justice and i maybe
2: uh maybe monopolies can be good sometimes
1: only when they adapt things that I wanted to see since I was like 10 years old, uh, only then, yeah. A joke, by the way, uh, yeah. still bad. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, another interesting thing about this movie, I think, is the inclusion of Chloe Grace Moret's character because, yeah, she is not a character in the books, she was made for this movie.
2: This is like, I feel like a zillennial. A zillennial trope is an intellectual middle school girl who is, like, a manic pixie dream girl.
1: Mm-hmm. But not even, like, a romantic interest, which is the interesting thing. It's, like...
2: Yeah. She's just, she's like, a- an intellectual middle schooler.
1: Is it implied that she's, like, an eighth grader?
2: Probably. Yeah. Because she's definitely
1: older than these two kids, like... She knows
2: her way around the middle school.
1: Yeah, and... She
2: fights the system because she has a pink streak in her hair well and also she's the photographer for the school paper like yeah that's that's, is, that's a manic pixie dream girl moment god. I, being a photographer for the school newspaper
1: <laughs> um yeah because she like observes you know she, she has the lens like yeah literally
2: <laughs> were you uh were you involved in anything in middle school
1: um i wrote movie reviews for the paper
2: oh my god that's adorable
1: um. Yeah, I remember. Like my history teacher would always be like, "What do you recommend this week?" And I'd be like, "Check the paper." <laughs> A
2: regular light scarf jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I take back what I said about it being adorable. <laughs> <laughs> no. You guys um, could have been friends.
1: Who me and LCJ? Yeah. Absolutely fucking not. We are mortal enemies until the day we die. Um, <laughs> that kid. Will meet me outside one day, and we will have yeah.
2: words.
0: Um, I was,
2: um, I was in stage crew because I wasn't good enough to be in the musicals, but I ended up being the stage manager, so that's okay.
1: I did that in um uh, high school, but I didn't do it in.
2: I don't even think my middle school had like a drama program. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't have drama. We just had a bunch of kids screaming and uh, singing Aladdin.
1: Honey, that sounds like drama to me.
2: (laughs) There really was drama. One, like, vivid memory that I have, and I feel like this is just, like, such a time capsule, is that um, our local cable company was fighting with a bunch of networks. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um, And they like, had a deal, like, broken, and Fox just, like, stopped broadcasting on our cable company, and it was, like, a tragedy, because it was when the Rocky Horror Glee show was, um, airing, and I remember all of the people with this one cable company could not watch it, and there was one guy who had, uh, like, satellite. Uh-huh. And everyone went over his house, and I wasn't invited. So I didn't watch the Rocky Horror Glee show until it was like on Netflix, like five years later.
1: And you missed nothing of importance. Oh yeah, no,
2: nothing, nothing
1: was happened. lost that day. No. Yeah, I <laughs> well, I actually just re sorta rewatched Rocky Horror for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I've seen it before, but I didn't really like remember most of it.
2: And, I honestly I prefer just like sitting and watching it than like having people like scream at the screen.
1: Yeah I saw it th- that's the first time I saw it was that like one of those um whatever they're called like
0: mm-hmm. those,
1: like things because um, one of my friends uh here at Universal in Orlando um she was in charge of like the is it like a yearly thing or like annual i don't know
2: i mean Uh, in the city um when i lived in the city they would do it monthly so i think i did it in like february but when they would do it around halloween they would do it like once a week like in like october and it would sell out so fast
1: i think it was monthly here because i didn't want to say that because i thought it didn't sound right but i I, i'm pretty sure it was monthly like um because i remember she kept like asking me to come because she was like in charge of it Mm -hmm. and um she was also like she was one of the characters from Frank Inverter's, like, castle, but I can't mm-hmm. remember which one. Um, but I remember going just for her, and I was, like, so fucking confused the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> was like, it's
0: very that? stressful,
2: because, like, I prefer going to, like, the room over that. Mm-hmm. And, and also, like, I went to one for cats, and it was, like, oh, so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, like, there are no, like, set things that you have to, like, yell out. Like, Rocky Horror just feels like a stressful experience. Because there's, like, old people that have been going there, like, once a week for the past, like, 20 years, 30 years. Um,
1: I think I was either 17 or 18 when I went. So I was, like, kind of baby
2: at that point, mm-hmm. And I was not prepared for it. Um, And then, like, I feel like people get, like, upset if you don't, like, dance or whatever. Yeah, I that's... And I don't like that. That's
1: what I... I mean, I didn't feel like people were upset with me because I was not in... Like, I didn't know what to do, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know um and they try to get me to come up and i'm like no i'm not doing that like yeah. i cannot make me do that and not to be like a killjoy but like i'm not like i was a baby i was like i'm
2: not doing yeah, this like, yeah at the cap um, screening they had people uh race and drink milk out of a bowl
1: that's insane yeah like while the movie's playing
2: no like before the movie like, how they, like, line people up for, like, Rocky Horror. They had people just come drink milk in front of the audience for Cats. Cats was great because it's, like... The movie was, like, new. So there were no, like... Like, it was only, like, two months old. And there were no, like, set, like, call-outs or whatever. So everyone was just, like, making them up themselves. Um, and that was fun.
1: Um the the guy, uh, what's his name? Greg Sestero from The Room.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he's going to be here in Orlando in November, I think. Because they just did like, an announcement on my uh, my local art house theater's like, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. That they're screening it and he's going to be there. like Just talking after the movie. <laughs> um, and I'm like, do I want to see The Room again? Because I really don't want to see it again. Yeah. But I've also never had that opportunity to like...
2: Have you ever been to a screening?
1: I have. I went okay. um I went to one I, I want to say before the disaster artists came out, they had one. Mm-hmm. Um and Did they let
2: you throw things because yeah, they wouldn't they, let us throw things at Rocky Horror.
1: Oh no, they, they handed us spoons on the way in. Like
2: they I,
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the funniest thing, like ever about that that will never get old like i'm kind of sick of like people being like oh bad movies like the room Mm -hmm. but um i think the funniest thing in the world is when people just start playing fucking football in the theater
1: Yeah, no, that's so fucking. (laughs) Um, I yeah, that's right. They gave us um, spoons. They gave us like those little like tiny like Nerf footballs on Mm -hmm. the way in. Yeah, but they were specifically black people in the head. But I'm pretty sure they had like had like the Disaster Artist logo on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after we left that screening, they gave us tickets to a screening at the Disaster Artist like the next week, which was like yeah, it was really good. Um. Yeah, no, that was really fun, actually, now that I'm thinking yeah. about
2: it. Damn, I crave that collective experience of being hit in the head with plastic spoons.
1: <laughs> That's why, um, because when I went with my friend, he made me uh, sit at the top row with him. He's said, like, because you don't want to get, like, hit in the head with a spoon. I'm like, oh, yeah. true.
2: Um, the best sorry. is when people run out of spoons and they, like, run down the stairs to the front of the theater, pick up all the spoons that people threw, and then start throwing them again. <laughs>
1: I wonder if my art house theater is going to allow that. I would love that.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: um, so should we organize a screening for the dire of a Kid? And like, we can all shout like Zooey Mama in unison. Uh, can we bring like cheese to throw the at cheese. people? cheese. Yeah.
0: We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey friends, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. It sounds like Superyaki is the place for you. The team at Superyaki loves movies so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, Zillennial Canon Award winner, I'll add that, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies By Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Subriaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Supriyaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and shifts with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, because we love you and appreciate you, listeners can save 10% on their next order with code SUPERZILLENIAL in all caps with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at SuperYaki.com. Thank you so much, Supriyaki, for sponsoring this episode. Let's watch more movies, guys.
2: Can I can I just say uh Adam texted me that uh the cheese touch is like it follows. I <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um
2: well, should I tell the story? I don't even know if I should tell the story. Um I mean, if it's going to like reveal like personal information, don't not what? about I mean it's so...
1: I don't think it's that specific. Okay. I, okay, all I'll say is I... I, <laughs> I I'm just... I'm thinking of a word as um I... Okay, so, like, you know, as you do when you're a youth, um, you... You see multiple people romantically. And I saw this one girl... Consistently in 2018. Yeah, that's when we saw each other. 2018. And the first time... So stupid. The first time we hooked up, um, after I left her place, she sent me a meme telling me that I had the cheese touch. And I... <laughs> I almost crashed my car because I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I... <laughs> And I cannot look at that girl any differently nowadays because, like, every time I look at her, I just think about the cheese touch and how she gave me the cheese touch. And I, did you pass it on? I, so that's what I'm saying, right? Um, if it's like it follows, like, I just passed on to my next sexual partner.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: like, yeah, like, yeah, the, the like the next person I had uh, intercourse with was uh the the reciprocant of the cheese touch,
0: yeah. Wow. And just,
1: like, it follows up and like, tie them up and be like, I'm sorry, I had to give it to you. <laughs> <We got> it. <laughs> <laughs> it. started. <laughs> the cheese touch. Started in 2010. <laughs> I just, like, give her, like, a monologue about the origins of the cheese touch. I like, think
2: the, the funniest going? thing about the cheese touch is that in, like, the origin story of it, um, It, like, it basically says that, like, it was brought to Germany. Yeah. So, like, similar to how a pandemic works. (laughs) (laughs) Is it just, like, going around Germany also at the same time? Because the Um, foreign exchange student brought it home? Have you seen Contagion? No, and I don't want to watch Contagion. (laughs) Yeah, I understand
1: not wanting to watch it, although it is a fantastic movie. Um... It, just imagine Contagion, but, like, with the cheese touch. Just and,
2: imagining, like, 2020, but with the cheese I'm sorry.
1: But, like, Contagion, this is, like, very vague spoilers, um, but, like, Contagion ends with you seeing how the disease started and spread. Like, mm-hmm. it, it goes, like, backwards in time at the very end to show you the exact, like, day one, like, patient mm-hmm. zero. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't so- the cheese
2: on the blacktop?
1: Well, I'm just imagining, like, a big, like, a movie like Contagion, but then, like, uh, day one is, like, it just goes to the cheese touch. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, it's the exact scene that everyone begins. <laughs> <It's, laughs> no, like, this shit's so funny, and I, because I, as it was going, I remember the first cheese touch scene, right? Yeah. I re- That's iconic. But the movie keeps going back to, like, shots of the cheese to, like, show you that. Yeah. And it's <laughs> to so- show you,
2: like, it's just, like, decomposing. This reminds me. I completely forgot about it until just now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think it was, like, 2018, like, my last year at film school. Mm-hmm. But there was a, um, <laughs> like, the first weekend that people moved in. There was just a decomposing, like, fish, just, like, a whole fish, and it wasn't, like, a goldfish, like, it was, like, a pretty big fish, Mm -hmm. just, like, on the pavement, like, outside one of the dorm buildings, and nobody would do any, like, nobody would touch it, and on, like, the snap map of it, or, like, the Instagram story, I forget what it was, but people would just take pictures of it and then like because it was like an art school people made like a shrine around it and stuff and like nobody would move it and my school was famous for having like cats like on campus like we had like cats living on campus the cats wouldn't even go near it like it was just like a decomposing fish just like on the sidewalk and everyone would acknowledge it but nobody would like move it or like clean it up and throw it in the garbage like none of the cats would take it.
1: Like, Does every fucking school have something like this? Like I'm starting to be think so. Well like, it
2: like eventually like went away. But, but the it,
1: legend lives on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Like kids today um, don't even know when exposing
1: fish. This is a very like specific one. But when I was in middle school, I think my cheese touch thing was like Um, like, this sounds fake, but, like, I promise it's real. Like, there was a, okay, so, like, in the cafeteria, and, by the way, these ceilings were up fucking high. Like, this was Mm -hmm. a, like, tiny cafeteria. This was a massive cafeteria. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, like, in the, like, square in the middle of the cafeteria, under, like, the middle table, Mm -hmm. on the ceiling there was a pencil, like, just jammed into the ceiling.
2: Yes, I love things like that. And, oh, my God. Because it's, like, like, how did it even get up there?
1: Yes. And, like, there was, like, legends of, like, who did it and life. Like, yes. there was, like, I knew so many different kids that like, claimed, like, that they did it. And there was, like, no, like, source that was reputable, you know? Like, everyone yeah. had, like, a, like, their own version of the story. And I was just, like... Um, and then, like, kids every single fucking day in sixth grade, like, flick mashed potatoes and shit up there to, like, try to get it down. And it just wouldn't budge. And I remember, like, one day, like, a teacher, like, tried, he got, like, a ladder to get it down. He <laughs> couldn't get it. He couldn't, like, it was, like, sword in a stone or some shit. Like, yeah. He couldn't fucking get it. and oh, in Sorry, he, go on. We was just like, I got to get like a professional. Yeah. <laughs> and then we came back in seventh grade, like after uh, summer was over and it was gone and no one <laughs> mentioned it. No one, like no one, like n- there was nothing like no chatter. It was just like, an urban legend after that.
2: That reminds me of two local legends from elementary school for me was that there was this girl that everybody hated. Um, and for a good reason, she was extremely mean um, she lives near me, um, her family still lives near me, they're very clearly, like, you know, when you grow up and you're, like, oh, these people are Republicans, you know? Right. And it's, like, very, like, wealthy, and it's, like, just, like, mean. So, there was a rumor that, like, there was, like, a missing, like, paper towel dispenser, like, from the girl's bathroom, um, in my elementary school, and there was, like, a rumor, or maybe it was, like, an air dryer or something, but there was a rumor that she, like, jumped on top of it and, like, sat on it and broke it off the wall, and that's why it wasn't there. But, like, I guarantee that is not true. Like, there's no way that she could have, like, gotten up that high, and also, mm-hmm. like, they would have just, like, fixed it, but yeah. everyone, like, she, ne- like, nobody ever, like, confirmed or denied like, everyone was, like, yeah, Sheridan just, like, jumped on top of it, and it just fell to the ground, like, she just fell on the ground, and also another one, too, I feel like I've said this on the pod, but, like, for some reason, like, there was, like, bathrooms, like, across the hall from the gym, and there was, like, girls' bathroom on one side, boys' bathroom on the other, and... For some reason, like, all of the girls would, like, try and convince the boys that inside the bathroom there was, like, a mall and, like, a Starbucks and stuff. And, like, we were just, like, trying to make them jealous that, like, their bathroom wasn't cool or whatever. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, like, I was, like, I don't know if somebody told me or if I, like, absorbed this by watching, like, the Today Show before school or something. But I was, like... (laughs) Just, like, how Barbara Streisand has, like, a mall in her basement and, like, a Starbucks.
1: I that (laughs) same thing happened at my middle school. Like, girls also, like, try to convince us about things. And I believed them for, like, a little bit. Yeah. They were like, yeah, there's, like, gum
2: dispensers in there. And I'm like, why? (laughs) No, I think that's, like, the funniest thing about this movie, though, is that, like, the dream sequences and stuff, like, work so well and are so, Mm -hmm. like they're just so perfect of, like, how your brain works in, like, middle school, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: like, and how you think that, like, like, how you just have, like, such a big ego, and you think that everybody's paying attention to you, and everybody's looking at you, and, like, you just, like, believe, like, these random legends and stuff that, like, kids just make up out of the back of their minds, like, literally this one girl one time told me that her dad, like, worked like, he, like, invented Tamagotchi, and I was like, but Tamagotchi's Japanese. And she was like, uh... (laughs) And she, like, fully tried to convince me that her dad invented Tamagotchi. You fact-checked her life. Literally, like, she had no idea that I was just, like, tuned in with, like... (laughs) She had no idea that I'd become a Sanrio adult.
1: (laughs) Um... Yeah, that's what I love about this movie. Is like it, it, it nails the like intricacies of like weird middle school culture like so well, mm-hmm. and like, but also like it doesn't like amplify them to like insane degrees. Like everything in this movie is like, to an extent, like seemingly really simple, like scenarios mm-hmm. and like semi believable, um, of course to like an extent, but yeah. like it's but anytime it's like heightened, it's just for comedic effect, and it's yeah. like. 10 times funnier because of it like
2: what uh, what's like the moment in your middle school that is like the equivalent of rally of like rally ate the cheese like what is like the iconic legend that like nobody really knows
1: like a moment that like defined the middle school for me
2: yeah Like, like like a legendary like but like nobody really like it's like a rumor kind of um
1: there was, like, one day where I was, like, oh, oh no, this is absolutely it. Yeah. One day, because um, I had, like, after school, like, all the time, because mm-hmm. my mom didn't get off work till like, 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And, no, actually, I could have probably walked home, but, like, I just wanted to hang out with my friends, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, like, one day when my mom was picking me up, um, we, like, if your parents weren't there by 5 p.m., you went to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. And they came and checked you out, like, right there. And... Uh, when I was leaving, like, my mom came to check me out, and, like, I was on the court with a basketball, mm-hmm. and right, like, I was at the, um, this was, like, a massive court, and when I was, like, at the halfway point,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I shot it, and I made it from half court, <laughs> and I, everyone in the, like, the entire gym was, like, shocked that, like, me, like, a tiny little sixth-grade white boy, like, made that shot from half court, and <laughs> I told my friend that the next day. He's like, No, you didn't. And I'm like, dude, I fucking <laughs> did. What are you talking about? <laughs> like it I just hate that I did it like after all my friends left because they didn't believe me. Yeah. But like I did that shit. Like I I I shot it and I made it and I deserve respect for it. Well at like, least, you know. I yeah, but it's not enough.
2: <laughs> yeah. So remember, I um in my middle school there was these two girls that were, like, terrible. And one of them, like, cyber-bullied me um, because I was tweeting... Okay, Barbara Streisand is just gonna keep, like, being brought up on this episode for, like, no reason. Um, I was tweeting lyrics to Don't Rain on My Parade, um, mm-hmm. and I was in, like, seventh grade, and she thought that I was subtweeting her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I'm gonna, like, kick your ass or whatever. And... <laughs> she cyber bullied me into deleting my twitter because I was tweeting lyrics from funny girl anyway so <laughs> she was best friends with this girl that like also sucked and whenever somebody like broke something like like broke a bone or whatever they were able to leave class early so that they would have more time to get to their next class Mm -hmm. and they were allowed to bring a friend with them so to like carry their books or whatever so one of the girls the one that like really sucked broke her foot Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and the girl that bullied me was like oh I'll walk with her to her next class because it's like Either, like, she's going to, like, press the elevator button for her or whatever. And she was on crutches. And there was a rumor, and nobody knows if it's true, that she pushed her down the stairs. Like, one of them, like, pushed the other one down the stairs um, oh. while she was on crutches. And I don't know if that's true. But that's, like, the rally the cheese moment for my middle school.
1: Would you say she deserved it?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, nobody deserves to, like, as a child especially, but, yeah, she's, like, not a great person.
1: Well, there you have it, folks.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe if she wasn't pushed down the stairs, she would have ended up being a good person.
1: But, like, even
2: even aside from, like,
1: the cheese touch and, like, because, like, like, that's the biggest thing in this movie, right, is, like, mm-hmm. the the conceit of the cheese touch is like, that. that's what makes this movie go full circle, right?
2: Mm-hmm. That,
1: that That's the thing that makes this movie have any form of narrative <laughs> at
2: <Yeah>. all.
1: <laughs> and I love the that. The cheese
2: just carries the film.
1: Um, but like, even aside from that, like the little things in between, like um, I think my favorite bit is like everything with like this, what is it, the safety patrol or whatever?
2: Oh my god, yeah. So fucking funny. Like, Were you safety patrol?
1: I um I was in fifth grade.
2: Yeah, me too. I um, actually I got beat up because uh, I told the kid to sit down. What do you mean you got beat up? A kid literally choked me and like punched me in the face on the bus because I asked him, "Hey, can you sit down and put on your seatbelt?" And he beat you up? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get suspended? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have, a stra- I have a restraining order against them.
1: Whoa, holy yeah.
2: fuck. Am I allowed to talk about it?
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: This yeah. took a fucking turn. Yeah. I don't know if I ever tell people that, but yeah, it was wild. I literally was like, hey, can you sit down? So seeing this, I was like, damn.
1: Just... Um... <laughs> yeah, my safety patrol days, they were not that intense. Um Let's just
2: say I didn't get free cocoa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's just say I didn't get the cocoa. Um, I I remember um, the only draw for us was like, if you sign up, you get a pizza party once a month. Oh, that's cool. And we were, and I was like, hell yeah! Like I love pizza, so I was like, oh, oh, a big one was you get a ten dollar voucher for the book fair.
2: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I was like, all right. I'm like, step aside, bitches, (laughs) because it's it's Adam's turn. Um, And literally all I did as safety patrol, because I was apparently so good at it, Mm. was um, I helped kindergartners out of the car in the mornings. Mm. (laughs) That's literally all I did. Like, um, I I was hall monitor, like, one time, but, like, I I
2: wanted to be hall monitor, but that wasn't a thing that, like, existed in any school that I went to.
1: Oh, it was at my school, but, like, you had to be, like, um, you basically have to be, like, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, when a kid's, like, really smart. Um, like, an
2: honor student.
1: Honor student, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I, I wasn't that. So, they only asked me to do it one day when the honor student
0: was sick. Yeah. <laughs> you was, were like, the understudy.
2: <laughs> I literally,
1: I was. Um, and I remember it was, like, such a relief because it was, like, a day where I really didn't want to be in class. hmm so I just like walked my happy ass around that hall, like <laughs> back and forth for like however long. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that was a that was an experience. Um, but like the thing I love about it is that like, or like this movie specifically and that scene, is that like that's exactly what people think or what like, kids think when they see like the hall monitor thing. Like from the outside, it looks like the coolest thing ever.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: wow. Like to have that honor, to do Not that. No. and then when you fucking do it it's just like the most dorky shit like it's so yeah
2: like the orange belt and stuff like
1: i had a bright uh, a bright green belt when i was uh that was mine yeah
2: yeah mine just looked like a big seat belt that i like wore around and like they would get so mad at people if they just wore them as like belts because there was like a shoulder strap that you had to wear yep so it looked like a seatbelt and they would get so mad if kids went, didn't like, put it over their shoulder. Went over your left shoulder across. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Literally, yeah. yeah. Mine, it was mine was exactly that, but it was like bright lime green, almost yellow, like where it was mm-hmm. like
0: Like um, an
2: yeah,
1: I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And it, it had like in black letters, just like safety or like uh safety patrol or whatever, like, mm-hmm. like over it. Um Yeah, like, this movie nails that. And it's such, like, a specific core memory for, I feel like, so many people Mm -hmm. that, like... Again, it just, like, nails that kind of perfectly. Um, Another thing... Yeah, you feel
2: like you're, like, on top of the world when you're, like, involved in this shit, but then it ends up being, like, the most embarrassing thing of all time.
1: That's what this entire movie is. Just, like, little vignettes about that scenario.
0: Yeah, Like,
1: um, Like, the Halloween bit where... They, um, they get, like, just ch- chastised by, like, these fucking older kids. Yeah. Like, everyone, I feel like, has a memory like that, right? Where you're enjoying Halloween and, like, an older kid, like, ruins it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was, like, most of my Halloweens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, dude. Like, this movie just, like, unlocks core memories for you. Yeah. And it does a good job at, like, just making you laugh at, like, the absurdities, and I kind of love that.
2: I feel like it's, like, the equivalent of, um, like, <laughs> when, like, parents will, like, watch something that, like, takes place in the 80s and are like, yep, that's how it really was back then, remember mm-hmm. those days, and that's just, like, this but for a millennial. <laughs> um... Like, Uh, literally, we're going to be sitting there with our kids, like, watching Diary of Wimpy Kid, being like, sweetie, why don't you sit down and see what it was like when mom went to school?
1: (laughs) Honestly, I would love to have a kid (laughs) show them this movie. Like,
2: this, Roderick Rolls, like... That's, like, your only reason to want to have kids. (laughs)
1: Literally. Honestly, I think about that quite often, where I'm like, I just, I only want kids to show them movies sometimes. And, oh, I, I meant specifically
0: entire. Yeah,
1: but mostly gyro wimpy kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm just gonna show my kid uh wimpy kid, Osmosis Jones, um, like
2: 2001 a space odyssey.
1: <laughs> 2001 of Space Odyssey and MVP muscular primate and then ride right back at the orphanage. Uh, like that's Oh my
2: it. god. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't
1: Yes, Kira, because I'm being completely honest right now i would absolutely do that
2: yeah i know
1: (laughs) i um another thing that this movie gets like really i I just like really right is like the weird kids that you go to school with like all the like like there's always that one kid who does like a weird specific thing like they're known for that one weird quirk they have like Um, my favorite is, like, that girl who just wants to kill him for no reason. (laughs) So fucking funny.
2: (laughs) I feel like, um, also, this has, like, a Peanuts energy, similar to Meet the Robinsons. That's really well put, yeah. Um, just, like, the way that the kids, like, bounce off of each other and how it's just, like, the same kids over and over again. Yeah. Um. Like, they're not, like, a group of friends, but they're always, like, the same people interacting, and I feel like that is very true to, like, middle school, and that you're, like, in the same classes with the same people, and it's, like, not as big as you think it is.
1: Yeah, it's, like, yeah, like, you would, because, like, kids or parents would always be, like, well, like, why didn't you make friends, or, like, why... Like, aren't you friends with them? You see them every day. And it's like, yeah. no, we're not friends. We're not on that
2: level. We just communicate with each other on a daily basis. It, and even, I'm miserable it, while we do it.
1: Yeah, and even then, barely, right? Like, even yeah. sometimes. <laughs> like, only when you have to. <laughs> yeah. And, like, like the, the girl wants to beat him up. Which, like, it's so fucking funny. Like, every, like, 15 minutes, she comes back from the movie. And she's just like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, Greg. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> And, um, but like, uh, what's that one kid's name? The weird, like the weirdest kid. Um. Fragley. Fragley. Yeah. That motherfucker. Um. <laughs> I, dude, I want to smoke a blow with that guy. I.
0: <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs>
1: I mean, don't you? No. <laughs> I just feel like we would get into some shit. You know, like... if
0: <laughs>
2: I feel like he would, like, try and kill you.
1: Good. I. That's exactly what I want. True. Um, yeah, like, that... Like, that kid is just so fucking... Like, that kid, is, that uh, actor playing that role, also really good in this movie. Because um, he just like owns like the weird kid narrative, like so well. And when um when Greg finally stoops below him, like on the list, mm-hmm. it's like it's so sad at that point because you really feel in that moment how far he's fallen. <laughs> um, dude, I just found a picture of um uh, Manny. Mm-hmm. It's it's maybe the hardest fucking picture I've ever seen in my life. Like, that. Like, this guy is so cool. Like, it's just a picture the of him. baby who plays Manny? No, like the drawing. Oh. Um, it's just him, and he has, like, one of those pool, like, floaty mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. like the circle one around him. And he has sunglasses on, and he's, like, grinning. And it's, mm-hmm. like, you know what? You go, buddy. Like,.
2: <laughs> Wait, Um, hold on. New fact just unlocked. The actor who played Fragley played um the baby in uh Talladega Nights. Texas Ranger Bobby. Hold on a fucking minute. (laughs) That was his first role. Hold on,
1: let's just sit with what we've heard. That's unbelievable.
2: (laughs) That was like the only other notable role he's ever been in. (laughs) It's so fucking
1: stupid. Imagine the casting director of this movie just like watching uh, fucking Caldega Nights. He's that fucking. They're like,
2: keep an eye on that baby. He's gonna go places one day.
1: The places in question. Gar won't be kidding.
2: <laughs> They're like, actually, it was our first choice to have him play Manny, but he was he was a full-grown like preteen and then. His his uh his skills in baby acting were were quite quite good.
1: Baby acting.
2: Baby acting. I'm,
1: I wanna see Manny on the um Oscar's roundtable for the Hollywood Reporter. Um just talking about his process, and but um, like
2: the drawing of Manny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And
1: it's just like Mahershala Ali is like Manny. How did you like?
2: How you did you do it? <laughs> and he's just like Manny. Please give us pointers. And he's and just it, like Bobby. <laughs> and he's, like, he's like, who?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. God, he really is the height of comedy, isn't he?
2: Yeah. Can we go back to Roderick, who is also the height of comedy?
1: Yeah, he is like genuinely so fucking funny in this movie.
2: I love, um, like, I feel like it's definitely a trope of like siblings wanting to like murder each other in two thousands movies, but I feel like this kind of is really good because it's not just like mom, like he stole my (laughs) dream journal. (laughs) Like it's like
0: stole my dream journal. I did not.
2: (laughs) Um. That's a classic I can't wait to cover. But yeah, um, yeah like it, I feel like the chemistry between the family, like definitely like it has like Malcolm in the Middle vibes, which I absolutely can believe like that the kids want to kill each other, but they still love each other. Yes. Um, Great show. Yeah. And I, do, I feel like that is like that is the most millennial TV show to me, honestly, other than like Spongebob. I feel like that just sums up, like, the generation perfectly.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
2: Um, and I love the scene when um, the magazine is, like, in Roderick's room, like, the dirty magazine or whatever. That is the like, fucking
0: plan.
2: <laughs> Greg, like, plants it in his backpack and makes Manny go, like, <laughs> eat chocolate out of the backpack and hold the magazine. It's so funny. And Roderick is, like, in the middle of practicing with his band. And their mom, like, goes and, like, lectures him about, like, respecting women. And she's like, what do you have to say for yourself? And he's like, I'm sorry, women? And his band is like, yeah, women. (laughs) Like, that is, like, peak comedy.
1: It's so funny. I That's resurfaced a lot on Twitter, like, in the past Mm. year. Just like the little clip of him saying, "I'm sorry, women." (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Um, I love that his band is called Loaded Diaper. Both the A. That's
2: Um, an iconic image. Uh, The van. When are we gonna get band tees of Loaded Diaper? Um, I would buy one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I yeah, I love that. Um, all the like little wacy torments, Greg are like very believable, like older brother type shit. Yeah. Um, my like the best one is easily like when he's like making him wait in his room when he has to like piss himself, and oh my god, he yeah. like it's so funny. And then like um when he finally opens the door and it's just like the fucking shoes, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and he goes to the bathroom just like pisses on Roderick when he jumps out of the shower.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's like he started. It, so you peed on him. <laughs>
2: But, like, let's not forget that he pulled Manny off of the toilet to do it.
1: Yes, that was so (laughs) fucking funny. Oh my god. Like, um, also the beginning when Manny is, like, shitting at the dinner table, and, um, uh, Greg is like, why is he doing this at the table? And it flashes back to, like, him telling Manny that there's a fucking monster in the toilet that's gonna eat his ass if he, like, (laughs) (laughs)
2: well the opening of the movie is a classic um i think the most millennial trope is you're going to be late for your first day of school that is millennial canon however it uh avoids the uh it it uh really it it takes a little turn with it by it being a little prank by roderick that um greg is like rushing to get ready for his first day of school and it's like the middle of the night like a week before
0: um, yes that is so funny <laughs>
2: that's that's great exposition to a film
1: <laughs> yeah because like as an audience you're like not even guessing second guessing you're like oh yeah this is the plot of the movie he's getting ready he's yeah he's late for school <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't know about you, but when I'm waking up in the morning, I'll believe anything that you tell yeah. me. I'm, like, yeah.
2: No, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, it's believable.
2: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes um, I'm, like, confused, like, as if it's real or not what I'm dreaming. I'm, like, yeah. Last night I had a dream that, like, Taylor Swift had a baby. I, like, woke up this morning, and I was, like, that definitely happened.
1: Yeah, I had a, I had a weird dream of the other night where it was just personal, so, like, I won't even... Explain it, but like it was—it felt so vivid, and then I woke up and like, wait, that fact didn't happen, and like, things <laughs> are still the same. Like, that's that's wild. Um, yeah, this—I don't know. Like, everything about this is just like super well done. Um, have you ever seen Roderick Rules? Uh, I don't think so. No. I cannot wait to cover it with you because if you think this one's good, like Roderick Rules is like. There, like, there's a reason why that's the one that's been like reclaimed on like film twitter because it's a fucking fantastic movie it is like so funny so like, even like the first 15 minutes that I watched the other day like I I was like this movie is like an actual visual style like yeah. it looks like the, the production budget went up on the second one and it has like actual cinematography and it's kind of impressive <laughs> at <the> point. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking forward to covering that one because I I like that one even more. I don't remember right. Dog Days that well, <clears throat> like at all. So um. I'd do it.
2: Maybe we should have done this for back to school. Oh,
1: that's a yeah, that's really yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Damn shoddy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I mean I don't know it 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 starts the cheese touch into the cheese touch, um where he. Rowley eats the fucking cheese.
2: Yeah, Yeah. this was something that I was very sensitive to as a kid. And I still am, like, sensitive to, like, people eating gross things. Um, For example, we will never cover how to eat fried worms on this podcast here. I will say that right now. Yes. Yes. Please, I can't. Yeah, Um, we have to. I gagged at this as a kid and I gagged at it now.
1: I I like uh I, I have memories with fried worms, that movie. Um uh so I do want to cover it one day. Sorry, Kira. But um yeah, no, this is hard to watch because especially with, like rotten like dairy or like
2: that's like a, that's a different level, right? Yeah. Like this is I don't I don't consume dairy because one, I'm lactose intolerant and two because Cheese touch. Yeah. Well, no, the idea of it being not good was <laughs> uh, scarring to me. Um,
1: yeah, I feel like everyone and I don't want to speak for everyone, but I feel like everyone has like a core memory where they accidentally like drank expired milk or something. Yeah. And it just like changed the course of your life forever. Like it like it just it did that to you. So like now like, this movie, it just hits on, like, universal themes, and that the idea of having to eat expired, like, no, not just expired cheese. Fucking, like, marinated on the playground all right, ch- cursed cheese. Okay. Like, uh, or, I'm sorry, are you gagging already, Kira?
2: No, I just don't want to imagine the cheese. Moldy, glistening in the sun.
1: Cheese. Thank you. Um... Yeah, no, it's super gross when it happens, um, and they I also, think
2: it's also like the humiliation of it all is just like depressing. They also had CGI cheese,
1: like yeah, when picks it up, which I think is so funny.
0: <laughs>
2: like that someone somewhere,
1: like a group, probably like a whole like office of people, were, like mm-hmm. staffed to like render and fully animate a animated molded cheese.
2: There was also like a like a CGI cockroach running by it. God, I
1: hate that. Um, yeah, this movie uh kind of iconic actually. Yeah, kind of great. Um, great. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it holds up more than I thought it would. Um, I gotta admit, I kind of just chose it because we were um I was busy this past weekend, and when it got to like Sunday. Me and Kira were like, oh shit, we have to choose a movie for the pod this week.
0: Yeah. So
1: I kind of and that was like around the time where all the Disney Plus stuff was happening about the new movie. And I'm like, how about Wimpy Kid? And uh, it really wasn't like a movie that I was like super like enthused about covering.
0: Mm-hmm. But now
1: that we've done it, I'm really I'm happy. Glad with we did. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, good good times.
2: Yeah.
1: Um So I think we can say there's not going to be a pod next week.
2: Yeah. Um, If anything, you guys are going to get very minimal bonus content. Bonus content in question, like some pictures.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, me and Zero (laughs) will be seeing each other in person uh, uh, this coming Friday. This uploads on Thursday. So the day after the upload. Yeah. We yeah, we'll be, be hanging at Disney together.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, you know, I promise to not pass the cheese touch to Kira.
2: Oh, god, I gotta stay far away from you, Adam.
1: Socially distanced. Um, I
2: can't um, believe it. Our second time seeing each other <laughs> the past, what like, how many years of friendship?
1: Uh, like eight seven,
2: years, seven, eight, yeah. yeah. Wow, we really, this is only our second time ever hanging out after hanging out. I'm just gonna, on Friday, I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna give you a hug and I'm gonna whisper in your ear. I'm
2: gonna keep it real with you, Chief.
1: I got the cheese <laughs> touch. And I'm gonna run away.
2: And I'll never see you again.
1: I'm gonna stop doing the pod. You should like live with the fact that you have the cheese touch. <laughs> Remember in Borat too, where Tom Hanks is patient zero? Yeah. And he's like, wah-wah-wee-wah. Wah, wah, wah.
2: Oh my god. Iconic moments in history.
1: That's what's going to happen. That was, like,
2: the funniest... Like, I feel like nobody talks about Borat 2 anymore.
1: Fucking funny movie.
2: It was literally one of my favorite movies of the year last year.
1: It was great. I
2: loved it. Um, what a good surprise that we got that movie. <laughs> I,
1: I, I I liked the movie a lot, but the, the ending is like an all-timer. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's, it's really really good. Just like the way it pans into his face and he's like wah-wah-wee-wah. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard cuts to credits. So good. So good. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. On that note.
0: Yeah. Um, Alright.
1: Expect picks. Um, we'll probably be back for up in two weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll be
2: back to record the next week and ready to go. Alright.
1: Um, you yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore, not Sandler. Uh, my other podcast, Aggressively Okay, is still doing shit. So, you know, look forward to that. And, um, yeah, I think that's it.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji. And as always, stream the music video for Content by Deirdre Cream that I directed. Um and follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Cannon, on Instagram at TheZillennialCannon, and uh, keep an eye out for me and Adam hanging out. <laughs> I
1: cannot wait. I, uh, it'll be great content for all you guys.
2: Yeah, so. great content.
1: All right, gamers. We're not making shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing shit. I, I'll eat some chicken, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye, guys. Enjoy your summer vacation. And uh, I'm going to keep it real with the Chiefs. Y'all got the cheese touch now. Yeah, you
2: guys have it now. It went through your headphones. (laughs) You all have the cheese touch now. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.